Hello. Hello. I'm Emma. I'm Antonella. And we are More Than Meets the Eye. And we're here to help you see the world through a more aesthetically pleasing lens. I can't tell if it's the headphones or if you got more nasally that <laughs> in that <laughs> sentence. Not that yeah. you're very nasally, but poor Antonella is sick today. Yeah, I know. It's going to be kind of, honestly, probably hard to listen to for everyone involved. I I was but. sick literally, <laughs> not last time, but yeah. two episodes ago. So. Yeah. In the next episode coming out, you might be sick in that one, actually. You think so? Yeah. So, two sickly episodes in a row. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, you're going to be sick or I'm going to be sick? You're sick the next episode. Oh, 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 oh. Coming out. Yeah, coming out. But this one comes out. Oh. After that one. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean. (laughs) Last episode. I was sick, yeah. Indie Sleaze, I was sick, yep. Oh, yeah, I was really sick. And you were like, are you sure you want to record? And I was like, I'm fine. That was really funny. Yeah. Anyway, back to the podcast. Back Uh, to the pod. More Than Meets the Eye is a podcast that explores the in and outs of aesthetics. We break down individual aesthetics and what goes into them, as well as looking at moments in art and pop culture and how different aesthetics affected those. So this week we are looking at a film, which is one of our PCAs for our pop culture aesthetics. What are we talking about this week, Antonella? We're talking about Ashes and Diamonds, directed by... Andre Veda? Vida, Veda, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vida. Andre. Vida. I'm just going to say Andre. Is that fine? It's like probably like yeah. Andre or something. It's like Andre. Kind of like Andre, like our friend mm. Andre, but Andre. Vida. It's Vida. Um, I did nail the lead actor's name though so i'm very excited to flex that one okay yeah i'm gonna have to pull up the google translate um Uh just to like hear the names once again in the in polish yeah because that rome that like english letters on those oh no no no. it's not good sounds i can't conceptualize what like a z next to a b sounds like right 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 well so his name is (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. no it is zb but it's actually just the big Zvig. Zbigniew is his first name, and his last name is Sibolsky. So it's actually not the hardest name ever. It just looks really hard. It's more about, yeah, the look of it. Um, But anyways, this is a Polish film, if you you couldn't couldn't tell. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you also couldn't tell, this is, like, definitely chosen by me, because this is exactly the kind of thing I would choose for us to do. (laughs) Yeah, obscure the random <laughs> foreign film thank you emma <laughs> but good random foreign film but always good though we, ha- we have good. to applaud your taste because thank you, oh, thank you. yeah <laughs> i always hit it out of the park guys you know all right moving on i have a really good sentence i worked really hard to come up with like a one phrase description of this film Hit me with the one phrase, one sentence. It's actually two sentences. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? Ashes and Diamonds is an example of neorealism in film that captures the state of Poland in flux following the end of World War II. 
The style of filmmaking is intended to capture you in within the story, and the storytelling uses the main character as a metaphor for the state of the country. I thought it was a better sentence than it actually was. That's really oh. good. You get into the you get into like the cinematography of it too. Yeah. I tried to because it's it's so neorealism is really interesting because it's it's a st- style that's like meant to make you not understand that you're like watching something but there's a lot of filmmaking that's meant to like take you out of it and be like hey this is a film you're watching mm, but this is you're kind of like living in it basically yeah that's so interesting and it's it's supposed to be realistic and not depicting you know only wealthy people but depicting like your average man as well right it's it's main focus is like on the average polish citizen which is cool although Um, i would argue maciek is no average (laughs) polish man so what is like your personal experience getting to know this film and like where did you first see it actually right 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 so this one is is mostly me because i um am the film school student but i uh did actually see this in film school. Um, it was one of my favorite classes in my senior year, International Masterworks. Um, shout out to my professor. I can't remember his last name, but his first name was Bruno. Um, <laughs> but this was like definitely my favorite film from this class. Loved it so much. Um, in general, I just love Polish film. It's like one of my favorite low key like film countries, like Iran. Like, I love both of the films that come out of like Poland and Iran because you like wouldn't expect that to be such like a big film country but like it is so Um, interesting yeah I'm also a little Polish not not much but um the joke is yeah my dad's grandmother was probably Polish because her last name was Kochnik but she refused to identify as Polish so if you asked her if she was Polish, she would say, no, I'm not. Um, because of, like, weird stuff back then. I'm not oh, really crazy. sure. Oh, yeah. crazy. Gotta do a DNA test. I know. Um, yeah, I think my dad did. I should look at his chart and see. I know he got, like, mostly Scottish, which is, you know, also accurate and funny. Um, that's <laughs> what he always claimed. Scottish and Swedish were, like, the big ones. Oh, wow. But... I had no idea. Yeah. That's... I know, because I only talk about the Irish side, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, slay. Um, yeah, so I love Polish film, and I love this film, and yeah. Okay, you have, do you have any personal connection here? I truly had no, no knowledge of, like, the Polish film industry at all, and, and I didn't know, I don't know, I feel so ignorant to not have known anything about all these other countries making really great films but i feel like it just it's cool to to watch foreign films because i feel like they always like they always bring a different perspective than like so many american films and like there's there's so many like iconic american war films especially yeah Uh, and this one just has like a totally different way about it because i'm not a a war movie person by any means but this one is so i like this one because it was less so about the war itself but like the people afterwards like the after effects of everything um the everyman 
Yeah. Which I thought was cool and, like, not something you always see. Um, there was no big, like, historical figures, like, yeah. Winston Churchill, like, reenactments again. Like, I I feel like this was oh boy. <laughs> much cooler. <laughs> Um, I could go off about it, but I hated 1917 for that exact reason. Okay, yeah. That it, well, for so many reasons, but this is not the same reason that you're saying, but I hated, like, there was a moment where you turned the corner in the film, and there was just, like, Benedict Cumberbatch, and I was just like, I'm not watching, like, a film right now, I'm watching, like, a, like, like a show like a broadway show like i don't even know like it was too showy you know it was like yeah. oh boom benedict cumberbatch and i was like i don't even i'm so distracted by the fact that that's benedict cumberbatch in this movie i don't even care what role he plays like i'm just distracted by the fact that he's in this um anyway but i do agree with you like f- films that kind of cover the subject of war i only like when they don't actually like take place during or about the war but more like the impacts of it you know totally i agree yeah your only other personal connection would be me yeah (laughs) yeah well i think you mentioned it in one of our other episodes probably because i remember you were talking about the actor uh spigniv um um nice you know um (laughs) And, yeah, no, you mentioned, I forget which episode it was, so someone's gonna have to, a real fan is gonna have to snoop for that. He's gonna have to figure that one out. Easter egg. Well, they, they call him the Polish James Dean, which I think does not do him enough credit. Um, <laughs> but probably something to do with that, I feel like. That makes sense. I, I mean, I definitely saw, like, the kind of, like, you know... Yeah, rebel aspect <laughs> of his character, for uh, sure. But I think so, he's cuter than James Dean. Yeah, I mean, very cool. Thank you for exposing me to this yeah. uh, style of film. But anyways, to get more like into it, I guess we yes. should maybe start with like a brief plot summary of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I think the plot is pretty simple but it i was having a lot of trouble mapping it out because it's not it's linear but it's kind of not like super i moves very quickly it also we should mention takes place in the span of like less than 24 hours or something 24 hours like it's one whole day so it's not like over a long period of time uh, but yeah, you want to start off with the the beginning a little bit. Sure. So honestly, the beginning part was kind of what I was most confused about, and then I think okay. I, I started to get it. But two home army uh, members, correct? Um, they're yeah. They, I don't use the titles of the armies because it's so confusing. Yeah, that's just some Polish history that I'm so not aware of. First of all, right. Um, I think it clicked for me. So, okay. During, at the end of World War II, but not before the war was over, um, Russia's communism, they tried to start to spread their communism. Um, 
Oh no, 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 I'm confused because I'm thinking World War One. Never mind. Basically, I think Poland was trying to join like the Soviet Union. I don't know. Or they left the Soviet Union? Pause on this because I thought I knew what I was talking about, but I don't think I know what I'm talking about. I think after the German occupation. Yes. So the. Communists, the Polish Communist Party took over, basically, which was, I think, in connection to Russia. Russia. Right. Um, Could be totally butchering this, but that's from what I gathered. And. You're right. Yeah. Essentially, you then have these two main characters who are the resistance to that communist communism. Um, and they're sent out to, um, assassinate, um, two mem- two, like, I mean, I guess major members of the Communist Party to, I guess, to kind of really simplify it. They have a a more specific role, um, but they end up assassinating the wrong guys. They just end up assassinating some random people, which they don't know until after they've well okay so the b plot kind of starts before they find out that they haven't uh killed the right person so what i think is really interesting about this film is that the beginning is very short which is not very common and that's probably why it's a little confusing um because usually like films spend a lot more time explaining stuff in the beginning but this film kind of goes like it jumps into the uh catalyst okay so let me rewind so the catalyst of this film happens pretty early on the catalyst is just like the moment in the film that triggers the rest of the film to happen the actual story of the film to happen so this catalyst happens like fairly early on before you really understand like all the intricacies of what's going on um but basically the catalyst is that they find out that they haven't actually killed the right guy. Um, and right before that, the B story kind of starts where um, Maciek, our main character, played by Zbigniew, um, meets Christina. And, like, the B story of, like, their little flirtation thing starts. Um, and then Maciek's friend, Andres. <laughs> Andres Edge, the one of the guys who like the other guy who's trying to kill Chuka, who is the communist leader, uh, a lot of Polish names. Um, he makes a call to like their boss and tells him that it happened, and then they find out that Chuka is like right behind them, outside the phone booth, and they're like, "Oh, he's not dead. He's actually right there." Um, so yeah, that's kind of the beginning, right? Yeah, and then it just essentially the rest of the film is takes place at this hotel. It's very like kind of seedy hotel um, that um, the two uh, assassins basically are staying yeah. at, and they're trying to basically plot to kill the right guy this time. Right. Um, and in, in the meantime, it's also amidst all these celebrations of the war ending. It's 1945. Yeah. Um, so we're just, so. the World War II just ended, and although there's a lot of conflict in Poland, the actual, like, World War has ended. Right. So right at like the beginning of the film. There's, contrast between that yeah. and then um, in this hotel, um, our main guy, 
Marchef. What do we call it? Machek. Marchek. Um, our main guy Marchek. Uh, he meets the the barmaid, and they have a little love plot too. Yeah. But they can't really be together because he has this job, you know, working for the resistance, and um, she, you know, lives in this town. So they yeah. kind of can't really be together. Um, so there's a bit of a star-crossed lovers moment as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the, there's also a moment of reckoning within Machiak himself, um, which the more I watch the film, the more interesting I find it, of kind of this, like, he's been this rebel from such a young age, and originally it was to fight off the Germans to get them out of Poland, mm-hmm. um, and then eventually it turns into the communists that they're trying to get out of Poland, but he kind of, like, loses the, you know, it's less dire to get the, to get the Germans out, because it's less, like, you know, now it's just trying to set up the Polish government, and he wants something quieter, and he's getting older, and he falls in love, and blah, 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 blah. It's, like, it's, it's an interesting, like, man versus self thing that's going on. Right. Should we, do we, like, spoil the ending in these things? I forget. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should know that it's a spoiler. I mean, we could just add this in now, but it's going to be a spoiler. <laughs> As, he, do, he does end up assassinating the right guy in the end. Yeah. Um, and the ending is a little gets a little confusing about, like, it, it's a very quick turn of events. Like, yeah. the, that last, like, five minutes. But yeah. basically, after killing the main guy... Um, he decides that he is going to still go on with his uh, career as this, like, assassin guy on the run, basically. Um, and doesn't base, doesn't get together with Christina in the end. Um, right. And in this moment of, like, escaping his the, the crime scene and getting, and, you know, moving on... Uh, he runs into the Polish, I don't know, police, you could say, I think that's what they are. Um, and they see he has a gun on him, and they go after him. Right. And he gets shot. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember watching it, because I've seen it, the first time I watched it, I think it really, like, hit me hard. But I think this time I watched it, I was like... He just like clawing at life, which is like fair, but it's just like it's kind of funny. He is an assassin, but he's like an assassin for like a specific like political group, and I think it's like in a way everyone who's in that group is like an assassin because it's like the forties and it's like politics and like it's very like messy and bloody and like he's just he's not like a loner assassin he like works for a group basically and like they all work together and like there's this really important part of um him being like talking about all of the members of the group that he kind of like joined with who are all now dead um and it's kind of like ironic i don't know because they all end up like dying anyway but and he ends up dying anyway um it's interesting but there's that, and then, oh, yeah, and then the the police were communist police. So, like, in order to, like, fully have control, like, no one was allowed to have weapons. Because if you had a weapon, you were assumed to be a rebel. 
from the communists. So when they saw him with a weapon, they were like, oh, he's a rebel. So then they shot him. And they actually told him, like, just drop the weapon, like, stop running. And he just kept running with the weapon. So then they shot him. Yeah. Damn. That could have been avoided, but... Yeah, oh, I'm well. like, dude, you didn't have to get shot to death. But <laughs> in a way, I think he did because yeah. that's just the way his story was meant to go. Um, so, yeah, that was a totally quick breakdown of the plot. But Yeah, I think that was the fastest uh, one we've ever done. Because um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a very, it's a pretty, like, simple plot. Yeah. But it just, you just... Um, the time the movie takes up is basically like you know living in this moment of time right. like uh of a free of a of a you know a, a post-war and just the celebrations and everything so you're kind of taking in this moment of like the contrast of being happy but also there's still so much struggle going on yeah um so it's it's but it is a like the general plot of like things actually happening is is rather like simple in the end yeah yeah it's also a really good look into you know how affected and how affected it's like poland still is by world war ii because it was like the center of world war ii um you know the invasion of poland started world war ii it was uh, occupied for all of World War II. So many battles were fought in Poland. Um, Auschwitz was in Poland. And it's really fascinating because I think they say it in the movie, but I think I missed the line this time when I was watching it, like taking notes or something. But something that also, like, I remember my professor said to us after we watched this is like, and I hope this isn't too stark of a thing to say, but it, there were no Jewish people in Poland anymore. They were all killed. And it's like, to have half of your population killed because of, like, something as small as, like, their religion is just, like, the entire landscape of your country changes. And that's, like, mind-boggling, you know? And it's, like, it's these people just, like, grappling with, like, an entirely different country than the one that they, like, had... 15 20 years before which is it's just crazy you know like i don't know oh it is crazy to that's why it's so important to look at the lives of these people because like it's just it shouldn't go overlooked how insane that trauma is to to be in the heart of it yeah Um, to be casualty of all of that basically um yeah just crazy but really like and i think this film like really does uh justice i guess to that moment in history which is why it's like i think it's very important um beyond just aesthetic importance which it does have a lot of aesthetic elements as well i did kind of call it like a classic no, it just has, like, it has kind of a basic aesthetic, but it doesn't, like, it also has some really interesting aesthetic elements. Yeah, I more so than I had have seen from this, like, era of films, basically. Um, the cinematography was yeah. insane. One, uh, 
Yeah, the cinematography is so good. Uh, one of the really small things that I actually wanted to bring up, but it's always important, was the font, which is really only at the beginning and the end. And I, I'm curious to hear what you would think, because you are our mm. local graphic designer. <laughs> um, but uh, this time I was, it really stood out to me because I was like, oh, that font is so telling in like, because it's like, it looks like almost like fine metalwork, which is like an interesting homage to like yeah. the war, but also like, and I'll get into this more, there's like hardcore religious imagery and like also kind of has like a significance to like that imagery as well. Totally. There is, I mean, there is so much of that in the film from the get-go, like you're just bombarded with so much. Yeah. Christianity, a symbolism, a Christian right. symbolism. But, um, yeah, the, I thought the fonts were interesting in that it's just, like, very simple, nothing too, like, romantic or gaudy or anything. Right. Um, which I think is fitting for the, the scenery. It's supposed to be pretty stark and, um, just, like, yeah. bare bones, essentially. Right. And it's in black and white, too, um, which it just wouldn't be the same film if it wasn't in black and white, I think. Yeah, I'm so, it's so interesting, because it's, it's not on, it's, it's not on purpose, right, that it's in black and white, it's just... It was made in the 60s, so it probably was. Okay. Because color, uh, first, uh color film was sound of not sound of music was wizard of oz which was 1939 okay this is 19 oh sorry it's 1958 so color had been around it was a choice for sure well it was a good choice because it reflects you know i don't think a country that is is so war torn will be very colorful so i feel like it really displays that right kind of um that nature that um of a place that's just like in shambles basically right i i'm sure if it if it wasn't in black and white it would have been in like uh i don't think you've seen it yet but the all quiet on the western front the new one is like you know very like muted colors lots of gray it's like that kind of vibe but i like it better in black and white and another reason is because there's a very intentional use of light of uh sourced light in the shots so um i have the film up but so i can like show you moments i can just tell you so like in the very like beginning um they shoot the guy in front of the chapel and he falls in through the chapel door and you're, the shot is from inside the chapel, which is dark, and the sun shines in, making everyone, like, cast in a silhouette as this guy, like, falls into the chapel, like, through the door. Um, there's that shot. There's uh, so many different, like, oh, oh, when they meet, they meet up with the guy at the beginning and their projector showing the Polish tanks returning from World War II. I see three guys standing, and there's just like a projector light shooting from behind them. 
It's like there's a lot of use of this like very direct light that's within the sort like there's a source for that light in the shot and it's all shooting from like behind. At the very end of the film, the guy is walking out the door with the flag and the sun is shining in through the door. You know, again, like sourced within the shot. It's very interesting and it's used repeatedly over and over again. Kind of like, it feels like it's trying to say that there's like a light at the end of the tunnel or something, but it's always like kind of sourced from somewhere in the back of the shot. Yeah. Shining that's, forward. That's- that's so true. I also, uh, sorry, you didn't mention this already, but no, it's good. Um, the when they're walking out of the hotel. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, they did their little like dance in A major, and they're all yeah. walking out, and they're walking into the light, and it feels very, um, kind of reminiscent of like you know, going into the light like death. Yeah. So it. It feels a little eerie in that way. Yeah. Um, so either light at the end of the tunnel or if, if passing on of souls or something. Maybe um, that's it because he does die in broad daylight. That would make more sense. Like his death, the main character's death is right in broad daylight. So it would make more sense if it's like the passing on of souls or something, you know? That's true. He does die like it's so it's so bright. You so can just bright. feel feel the sunlight yeah. really like in that scene. Yeah. Which is so cool about black and white is the whites are so white so or pure white. white yeah. Which is really interesting from like an aesthetic point of view. Like it feels it's very pleasing to the eye it honestly. Is. Black and white films. Especially like this high quality like if you look at really really old films like they'll be very grainy but like right. the film they're using is like it's like perfect so so good and especially like they do close-up shots and it's just like very very crisp right for that time yeah there's also the shot which going into the you know religious imagery well i guess with religious imagery light is very important as well you know right um but there's the you know the perfect shot of like the upside down mary or is it jesus it's it's Jesus. It's, it's a crucifix. It's a crucifix. Um, there's an upside down crucifix, but he's got like uh, the angel things shooting out of his head, and Christina, the girl that our main character falls in love with, and Machik, our main character, are on either side of this crucifix in the background. This crucifix is in the foreground, and all of the light is in the background, so they're like perfectly lit, and this crucifix is just like shadowed on like his face it's like it's such an insane shot but it's absolutely yeah. beautiful so cool that whole church in in ruins the, the bomb church is really yeah crazy shots and just in general like the compositions of the like the scenes are crazy they're so beautiful um I was gonna say about the hotel too like you're saying this church is bombed like a really important um production element of like the set and whatnot is is everything kind of being bombed because the hotel is definitely seedy but it's also like because it's this post-war society it's like everything has that like very like I don't know destroyed decrepit feeling to it you know dystopian yeah yeah and it's 
fascinating because I wouldn't be surprised uh, from other Polish films I've seen as well if like this was still wreckage from World War Two and they just found these locations that were like really still destroyed from the war because uh, if you there's this great film um, called Ida and it's a uh, it was made a couple of years ago, like 10 years ago, and it's about a nurse in the 50s right after, well, not a nurse, sorry, a nun right after World War II. Um, and she, uh, just kind of like about her experience, and uh, she like is walking through this place that is still just like completely like destroyed and like all these buildings that are still like in ruins. And then another example is in The Beatles, A Hard Day's Night, which you know, is one of my favorite movies. Um, they run past these buildings, and that's 1964, and they run past these buildings in Lon- in in England that are still destroyed from World War Two. Oh. It just took so long for places like England to build back up. Like I can't imagine Poland building up faster than that. Right. You know. So yeah. I'm so I'm so curious. Yeah, yeah. it's. That was, like, a main feature of, like, the background just being, like, just casually. It wasn't, like, it was being, like, shown as this, like, insane moment. The characters were just casually walking through the rubble of all of these places. Yeah. It's life. just their, ba- it's their daily life. Yeah. It's their background of the, their daily life. And it's just so indicative of the state that they're in, the, the dystopian that they live in, basically. Yeah. Uh, dystopia that they live in yeah so it's 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 that's probably the most depressing part is just how this is it this is just it for them right you know uh i love the horse too um yeah what was the horse I, about i don't know it's definitely some metaphor for something and i cannot figure it out because i'm sure it's like some kind of weird metaphor that would make more sense if like you were alive at the time um like in the 60s or something I can't, I can't for the life of me figure out what it means but it's just so random that he has this like really romantic scene with Christina and then she kind of like he's like I'm gonna figure it out I'm gonna come back we're gonna like live a life together and she like runs away back to her job and then this horse just like walks in and takes her place <laughs> it's just like so but like kind of a moment of like comedic you know like lightness that's like really interesting no there there are still it is still like a there are still funny moments and definitely that's done because the main character um mr marciak uh he is a very like he he does a lot of he's a very dark plays a very dark role in the movie but he himself is a very bright personality and serves as comedic relief yeah. um, often love um, obsessed uh, yeah alright I guess like in terms of thematic elements uh, we kind of touched on a lot of it already because I think what this film does really well again it's near realism so it's not really trying to make you like notice the film as much as it's trying to make you experience the film right. um, so I think stuff like the religious like visual elements and the 
like we were talking about the ruins of like post-war society um I guess like the only other thematic stuff would be like I guess like the love story and kind of like this like a sort of coming of age-esque like person trying to like find themselves in like all this like craziness is it's very powerful you know it does definitely does have that coming of age element to it um because he is he is like a kid I, i mean he's obviously playing someone possibly younger than the actual actor is but right he's made to to be kind of like this you feel bad for him because you know he wants more out of life than this experience but he's just the product of his circumstances essentially and yeah um he he he, he had like he went to war like he's recovering from from trauma himself but um but the way a kid would almost you know yeah like he still has like this like kind of like this kind of childlike uh hope basically for for the world and like what he could do with his life which makes his character arc so tragic because he ends up dying yeah um that's probably what makes it so so sad honestly another like theme though was all of this super he was super into juxtaposition of just the in the title ashes and diamonds yeah. which is they bring up the the title in the movie which i always i don't know i like when they do that it's fun i like it too because <laughs> it's also not at the beginning or the end it's like right somewhere in the middle and it's like if you weren't thinking about it you wouldn't have noticed it and as soon as she started to read the poem off the gravestone i was like Oh, this is where they say the title. Yeah. Um, I love that because I, I, yeah, it's. I feel like it's such a good summary for, for just like what we're we're seeing, mm-hmm. is just like you have these people, dancing at a, party, and then you have these two guys who are reminiscing about their dead, friends, yeah. and then. You know, you have this guy, you have Marciak who's going through an internal, an, like, an inner turmoil of, like, what he wants to do with his life. Right. And then you have people being like, this is freedom, yeah. like, we're, this is the best, you know, f- this is, you know, the best day of our lives, whatnot. So, and he does that not only with plot, but also, like, visually with his depth of field, right. too, which was i'm obsessed with all of that and like he'll have like people dance like literally dancing in the background as they're having a really tense conversation Mm -hmm. Um, or the the other guy the secretary falling down the stairs in the bathroom when (laughs) machik is literally when uh andres is literally like you're deserting and Machek's like, no, I'm not deserting. You know I'm not deserting. And then the, they're the secretary who they're, who's, like, friends with them, please ignore my cat, um, is, like, uh, literally falling down the stairs so drunk out of his mind. Um, <laughs> it's just, like, a great moment. Because there is there is kind of, like, this, like, lightness to the film that comes from, I guess, all the diamonds 
as opposed to like the ashes you know yeah also just the the fireworks at the end too Mm. which were interesting um because it's like it's so it's so dark because there was literally bombs set off like in that this place and they're like setting off fireworks and yeah that was so and then and the fireworks are not only that but the fireworks are setting off as he shot this uh this communist literally yeah like as (laughs) stuka like fell into his arms like the fireworks go off and it's like this insane moment yeah i was actually i watched it during fourth of july so there was like (laughs) there was like actual fireworks going on oh i totally did too uh, that's really outside my window which was really cool yeah 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 Yeah. it's actually very strange parallel because yeah yeah celebrating freedom Uh in two different ways i guess but both kind of like kind of kind of like dark exemplifies the shallowness of the current uh freedom that we celebrate right totally yeah just set off some fireworks like it's all solved all said and done meanwhile there's like actual there's still things going on things aren't solved so yep um yeah but makes you think makes you think um and then that like drunk old man (laughs) oh yeah the the journalist (laughs) what was his deal i think he was supposed to be like you know there were two halves of like the older generation you know how like there's always like this is going to be the younger generation the older generation and i feel like one half of the older generation is all the communists who have bought into it and been like well i'm going to benefit the most from being a communist leader you know so i'm gonna do this and the other half are these like the journalist and the the artistic director dude the the conductor who is like knew something different and like wanted something different and can still question everything as it happens but just kind of already know what the outcome's gonna be right and and they're kind of shunned a little yeah yeah they are they're seen as like weirdos or outcasts rather than you know it's conformity versus non-conformity you know like it's interesting every character is important in this film that's what makes it so great every person every moment like everything about this film is so specifically meant to be in this film and it just makes it like perfect you know yeah sorry i'm gushing now but (laughs) that's how i feel about it like every little character um i can't think of a lot of contemporaries uh for this film i mean i love all the newest all quiet on the western front which is not a contemporary it's a just thematically similar um yeah i don't know because i think like i would not want to equate rebel with a cause with this film because it's just like no like they're two different levels of film you know totally yeah i i I mean if you can't think of one i i definitely can't (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i guess too because it's also just like polish film and it's like unique ida i mean all the things i've mentioned already ida even a hard day's night just to see that like the, yeah, they're they're very like rebellious kids in like sixties, you know, England. So it's just yeah. interesting perspectives. It kind of like the love story reminded me a little bit of it gave me like Greek 
it gave me like tragedy shakespearean tragedy sure for sure vibes um like star-crossed lovers romeo and juliet i don't know um yeah except they're not fighting against each other maybe more like hamlet and ophelia almost except for machiak is ophelia um because he dies (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah no it definitely has like a poignancy i think that's very poetic too the love story yeah it's like right person wrong time yeah totally um it's good though i i really like like the love story and i don't know i think it's very sweet Uh-oh. it was unexpected i'm glad it had that yeah <laughs> yeah because i feel like a lot of these i don't know a lot of war films are super like, they they lack that like feminine i don't know yeah they're very men being men with too. other men yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's like, just boring to me okay stop. i get bored yeah so i'm glad it had this no i you're so right like most war films have no women in them and this film had many like really interesting women in it like yeah the woman who raises juka's son like she's fascinating oh i also think i'm always wrong about these things so i want to know what you think but I remember the first time I watched this, I thought the singer, I thought I looked like the singer. I was like, I feel like she kind of, like, I kind of look like her. She looks like, like my grandmother, my dad's mom. Um, why, why did I think she looked like Debbie Reynolds for some reason? Debbie Reynolds? She's, um, she, if you ever seen Singing in the Rain, she's the girl. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I get, she looks more like Debbie Reynolds than she looks like me, yeah. But I don't know. It's the cleft chin. That's all that it was, is that I was like, oh, Please. I have a cleft chin, too. Well, you're both Polish, so. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And also, I mean, it kind of, we watched, we, we already did an episode on um, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. But something about that mm. love story felt similar in a way. You're so um, right. But that one had a happy ending. Yeah. This one doesn't. It's Um, something about it not being, like... It's weird, because they both are physical in a sense, but it's there's no focus on the physical aspect of it. It's a very, like, visual, like, emotional love, I guess. I don't know. You don't... They don't spend that much time together. It's almost just this, like, faded connection. Yeah, totally. That's what I'm looking for, like, faded. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I think I know this, but, like, now that you've seen... (laughs) Ashes and Diamonds. Did you enjoy it? Do you think it's going to influence you a little bit? I really liked it. I thought it was it was not what I was expecting. It was much more engaging than I thought it would be. Um, and yeah, I, I love... It makes me realize I just should watch more foreign movies because I'm always pleasantly surprised. I'm not even surprised, but just like it's always such a... It just ma- always makes me think in a different way, which I really like. Yeah. So give me more. <laughs> you got it. You got it, girl. I, I was sending you a list tonight for sure. Yeah. Um, what about you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I love this film because I made us watch it again for this. Um, and I think, like, what we were saying something earlier, but just like, it's so simple oh how i was saying that like just every little piece of it is very you know there's a lot of thought put into every second of it and i think that like 
films like these make me like remember why I love films so much because it's like oh it can be this beautiful you know it doesn't have to be something really like something made just to be made like it could be something that's like yeah. made to be this beautiful you know do, mm. do you see this film influencing like film and the world in general you see its impact in the world I feel like I'm not knowledgeable enough <laughs> to be able to answer that. I do. I, I I definitely do. But I can see how it, it strikes me as so modern looking yeah. that I'm like, this was the first of its kind or one of the first of its kind. Like it definitely had a ripple effect because I watch it. And it's like, yeah, like I've seen movies similar to it, but, but modern movies right. basically. Right. After like cinema verite in like, the 50s and mid 50s this probably was pretty early for its time to be honest like this realistic this much realism you know definitely like crossed a lot of boundaries um but i think even just like the characters poland you know like it being about poland and really about poland is like it is early of its kind to be kind of doing this and be like, no, hey, look at us. We, we actually went through this. Like, you guys kind of sat across the pond and, like, helped us yeah. and experienced it in different ways. But, like, our entire country has changed because of this. And they really said, like, they really shined a light on that. And I think that it changed a lot of things because of that. Changed the way we pay attention to uh, foreign film as well, I think. Ah, thank you. Clap, yeah. Clap, clap. <laughs> <laughs> Applause. All right, um, that will do it for us for today. Uh, quick thank yous to Acast and Phineas O'Brien. Thank you to uh, Andre Vida for this wonderful film watching experience. Thank you, Zbigniew Sibolski. R.A.P. to both of them. Did you find out, this is random, did you find out about Zbigniew Sibolski? Yes. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He pretty tragically died like 10 years after this film was made to, for our listeners. Um, so, pretty sad. But that also made him yeah. James Dean, Polish James Dean again, because James Dean also tragically died like very young. Right. Uh, <laughs> both stupid reasons, too. I'm just going to say, like, I did this stupid movie star thing where they were like, too cool and then like yeah literally got themselves killed because of it that's like yeah good job kind Could of have been a uh, yeah but thanks for listening thank you bye